Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are lower with the S&P 500 index slipping for a second day as investors consider the capacity of central banks to boost global growth. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P 500 down half percent or nine points to 2010. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down four tenths percent or 61 points to 17,167. And the Nasdaq is down four tenths percent or 20 points to 47.29. Ten-year Treasury of 5.30 seconds. The yield 1.93 percent. Yield on the two-year, 0.95%. NYMEX crude oil down 2% or 73 cents to 36.47 a barrel. COMEX gold down 1.2% or $15.50 at 12.29.50 an ounce. The euro, $1.1105. The yen is at 112.88. Ferro Corporation, a maker of chemicals for the manufacturing industry, recently receiving a takeover approach from Apollo Global Management. That's according to people with knowledge of the matter. Ferro rebuffing the initial approach, which was made without or within rather recent weeks, the people said, asking not to be identified as the matter isn't public. And Valiant Pharmaceuticals plunging in early trading as much as 25% this morning after it corrected its EBITDA guidance lower to $6 billion. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Traders University, even experienced traders need to keep learning. Uh, Traders University will get you up to speed quickly with short videos, webinars, courses, and more. Visit IBKRB.com. Slash, stay ahead. And Valiant continues to not find a bid. Uh, Mike down 29% right now. We have a 48 handle. Take your money, it appears, out of Valiant. Put it into Faro on the hope that maybe they'll restart those talks with Apollo Global. Faro up uh, about 10% right now. Here's some interesting and exciting news. Uh, the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, back in the United States, he's going to be in New York next couple of days. He wants to... Uh, well, he's visiting some folks at the United Nations, wants to uh, run for a seat on the United Nations Security Council, Canada, that is. But uh, we've already given him a seat. We we are very excited that uh, Justin Trudeau will be our guest at 9 o'clock on Thursday. Bloomberg Surveillance, Bloomberg Go on Television, John Micklethwaite will interview the new Prime Minister of Canada. Good. So you will not want to miss that on Thursday. David Blanchflower joining us now from Dartmouth on austerity. Is there still austerity out there, Danny? Certainly is, I'm afraid. And in the UK, we've heard talk that the UK Chancellor tomorrow is going to impose a big new round of austerity as the economy slows. Well, they've got a... Makes no sense. Makes no sense to me. They've got a pledge to balance the budget by, what, 2020. So um, he's going to have to do something. In order well, to meet he certainly place. has a right. Well, he certainly has a pledge to do it, which no economist, as far as I can tell, in the world, is a good idea. But he has a problem in the sense that there is a Brexit vote that's coming, so he has to balance the, uh, that, trying to make people feel good about where they are now, against the rather foolish pledge that he made to balance the budget. And the big problem he's had is that the forecast he made in November um, looked far too optimistic. They had a set of scenarios. And I argued at the time their worst-case scenario was my best-case scenario. And essentially, that's what's happened. Nominal GDP got revised downwards a lot. And uh, the good news, if you like, the kind of bubbly news that he produced in November, three months ago, has now just sort of gone up in smoke. And he has this delicate balancing act to do. 
uh, and my suspicion is, and it's well trotted out, right. he's going to cut $1.2 billion from the disabled to fund tax cuts, which is probably not uh, going to be very popular. David, I've had the privilege of sitting in your lecture at Dartmouth. You and I did something once for your good students in a Hanover community yes, ages ago. I believe then some of what we talked about was in the textbooks. Most of what Mike and I talk about now isn't <laughs> in the textbooks. How seat of the pants are our central banks at this moment? I think that's a great question, Tom. I think I've said to you on a few occasions that if we look back at what we did when we went in, I sat at the Monetary Policy Committee and we thought about what we do and what we did to, to and what, how we went to non-conventional policy and what it meant, and we were literally there flying by the seat of our pants. And we always thought, well, when we have to do exit, that's going to be very difficult. We're going to have to look at the data and that's really a problem. And people say things like they have a plan, the Fed has a plan, the MPC has a plan. Well, they actually really the plan is to follow the data. And I have a sneaking feeling that right now looks a lot like the turning points in 2008. We've had very bad PMIs for the UK and the US, bad retail sales numbers this morning, bad wholesale data, which suggests that potentially... Um, we are seeing a turning point. And, of course, what happens today is that central banks can't cut rates by 500 basis points as they did in 08. I'm not suggesting the scale of the shock is as high, but it certainly looks that um, there are turning points going on, especially driven by the, the slowing of the world's second largest economy. The uh, to to go fold the what you were talking about with the the UK uh, government into the political campaign here. Um, pretty much any economist will tell you that it is not the case that countries have to balance their budget in the same way that right. uh, families do. But uh, on the converse side, is there an economic advantage to having a balanced budget? Well, certainly having credible fiscal plans makes sense. But the question, first of all, is over what time period should you balance that budget? Countries, as you say, aren't like households. And I remember one time, and I won't tell you who it was, but I was having a conversation with a famous central banker who said that, they, that he thought that balancing the budget over about a 15-year period was a pretty good idea. In the UK, there's a debate between the, the two parties about what should you balance. And the Labour Party this week came out and said, let's think about balancing the, um, the, the, if you like, the current part of the budget over a reasonably short period. But exclude from that spending on investment. You don't have to balance that. You can borrow money at such low rates that potentially this will be self-financing. So, it's, so there are obvious issues in the economics about over what time period do you try and balance budgets when, when you're at the zero lower bound? And do you include investment spending in there? My view is that you shouldn't include investment spending. And 15 years is probably a reasonable time across a cycle or so to try mm -hmm. and balance it. And obviously the Chancellor in the UK has found out the error of his ways because he basically can't balance the budget, said he'd remove right. the deficit in a parliament, and he hasn't even removed half of it. So plans written down are fine, but the practicalities in this world that Tom just talked about, yeah. this, is, this is a world we've not seen. You shouldn't have silly rules when these rules don't apply now. 
Um, I was just telling someone to read Skidelsky's monograph, The Return of Keynes, which I urge every conservative and uh, obviously liberal to read, and that it is so informative about when we get in the foxholes. I would suggest, Professor, that a large part of the Western civilization public feels like they're in a foxhole. Mike McKee mentioned the other day the exit polling out of Michigan, 80% or so of the people felt they weren't getting ahead. Eight zero. So a lot of people are in a foxhole. What is your Keynesian prescription that the establishment can affect to help the people who feel like they're in a foxhole? Well, 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 and you got 30 seconds. Fiscal <laughs> oh, stimulus, more monetary stimulus. If you think people have done badly in the U.S., in the U.K., real wages are down 8% compared to the start of the recession. So essentially what we've seen is, I mean, I, on this program we've talked endlessly about it. My view is the Fed did too little stimulus and the fiscal authorities yeah. bailed out of Keynesianism too soon. And that's why we have the dissent in the U.K. about Brexit in the U.S., okay. Trump and, uh, and other groups. Well, I know when Dartmouth gets to the final four, you'll be at Houston. But, uh, <laughs> Professor Blanchard, thank you. So are you marrying any daughters this summer? Are you, are you going to help the U.K. GDP again, as you always do? I know, I always do, but not this year. Not this year. They're okay. struggling enough on their own. <laughs> David Blanchard single-handedly turning the United Kingdom from recession to global to economic growth with a wedding or two a few years ago. He is at Dartmouth. Mike, we've got to look at Valiant down 33%. 3-3, that's not a, you know, you're not mishearing me. Well, here's the thing, and uh, you, you talk about stock price going up and down. Here's a great way to think about it. In by uh, as of June of 2015, last year, nine months ago, this was a 76 billion dollar company. It is now a 15 billion dollar company. It gives you some yeah. sort of scale on yeah. how much. They Massive make. shout out to Cynthia Coons, who's buried and personally came off the call to inform our show of what you heard in the call. And Lisa Bramowitz and Gadfly. Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to what Max Neeson uh, will do with this. Mike and I don't do buy, hold, sell. You know, I know there's a whole industry for that, and other people do that. But this has now gone over to the realm of corporate governance, corporate finance, and almost – I, I, I got to be careful here, Mike. I don't want to say forensic accounting, but at least academic accounting yeah. to say to yourself what happened. And right. still no bid. I don't want to say we found a bid here at 47 Point zero two. Yeah, it does seem to have put in a bottom for the moment, but we shall yeah, watch throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio. Tomorrow we'll be with you. Mike and I have an extended, what is it, a 26-hour day tomorrow? Exactly. Something like that. You, we, me, and Janet Yellen. We will be here early, early, early with perspective and conversation on these unusual times. And then we'll move 1 p.m. with Scarlet Foo on television and radio uh, worldwide for our special informed coverage of your Federal Reserve System. We are produced by YUN, Ken Fellio, our global technical director, Bloomberg Surveillance.